Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now, your host, James Swanson. Okay, on to number three of our wide receiver film study. We're going to talk about some bigger receivers tonight, Pat Cotter. Uh, last time we talked about the speedsters, this time Denzel Mims from Baylor, LaVisca Chenault, Colorado, T. Higgins from Clemson. And this is a really, really interesting group. Um, I think just kind of leading into this, you know, Mims was a guy who I think we were excited to watch. Chenault was a guy who we were excited to watch, who uh, we'll talk about a little bit more in depth. But I think he underwhelmed in some spots. And then T. Higgins, when we got a second look at the film. Um, he really jumped off the charts for us in, in some big ways, I think, as a, as a pass catcher. So... Let's start right at the top with Denzel Mims. Again, this is wide receivers number 7, 8, and 9 in the wide receiver film study. We'll go all the way through probably about 15 to 18 receivers is our initial thought. Um, so a couple more podcasts in this series, and then we'll get into the quarterbacks and tight ends and lead up to the NFL draft. So let's talk about Mims out of Baylor, Pat. 6'3", 207. Um, that four three eight at the Combine was really impressive, and I think that uh, you know kind of propped his name up a little bit after that showing at the combine uh 38 and a half inch vert broad 10 9 explosive guy um i want you to talk here a little bit about mim sorry i, I kind of didn't go through an intro but go ahead give me your kind That's of initial okay. give, give me your initial reaction <laughs> we've done this so many times now that i mean people have heard your voice so i i don't really give two craps about introducing you um no yeah, i'm just I'm kidding worth, i'm really not worthy <laughs> i'm That's just kidding okay. i'm just kidding so uh t- let's talk about denzel mimzo tell me what what you saw on on tape that you think is going to translate into him being a you know a playmaker at the next level and a, and a good dynasty you know draft pick for teams out there yeah uh he's he's a bully man like he he'll he'll really shove shove guys around and kind of just he has that like my ball, my my route kind of mentality where he, he's not going to let you shove him off his route. He's not going to let you move him off a ball. He's going to go get it, and that's that's what I really like about him. He 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 uses his physicality in really um, in really creative ways too. You know, he he's, it's not just he's throwing corners all around. He'll wait and kind of give a guy a shove right at the last second just to create enough space for that ball to come in there. And you know the speed. That that kind of blew me away. I did not expect him to run a four three eight. I expected him to be at least decently fast, but that that just blew my mind. Do you think he's more of a track guy than a game speed guy? He could be. I, I think you can see his game speed um, show up decently well. I don't know if it looks like he runs a four three eight, but he definitely has speed, and he will surprise guys if he can get on top of a guy one between his speed and two with his physicality. It's basically a, a, a game over at that point yeah and i think when you're running that fast even if you were to take a tenth of a second off and say or you know matter. slower on the field than on you know you're you know in tights and you know running that at the combine i'm he's, he's still a fast guy um yeah big physical again six three two oh seven uh you know had had has had some real production in terms of you know finding the end zone 12 touchdowns in 2019 one over a thousand yards Long guy, long pass catcher. Um, what I really like about him is how he works the boundaries and the sidelines. He's really, really good at, at winning those one-on-one battles down the sideline. Um, looks like he has a really good feel for back shoulder throws. Now, that was something that Baylor really liked to incorporate into their passing game is is 
you know, making it a point to throw those back shoulder throws to Mims. But excuse me, out of all of the guys in this draft, I thought he did the best job of of making those back shoulder throws look effortless. Oh, oh yeah, he's he. It you can tell he has worked on it a lot, or it just kind of comes natural to him. Like he he tracks the ball well downfield, kind of unlike a guy that we'll see um, later on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he has good mitts. He'll he'll kind of pluck the ball out of the air, kind of something that we've said a lot about guys. But he really does just kind of uh, get get his arms extended and high points the ball, kind of just pulls it effortlessly effortlessly out of the air. Now, one thing I really don't I don't think is is really his strong point is the kind of the yards after the catch ability. We've seen a lot of guys in this class, and we will continue to see more guys in this class. That that's that's like one of the things you love, if not the love about them, but if not the most thing about them. But he he's kind of more of like your Keenan Allen. He'll get what he what he, what he's able to and and go down. He's going to be a secure catcher, good routes, I think, but not a guy that is going to break things open after he gets the ball. Yeah, and you know there are a lot of things that we agree on from time to time of course you know that that's going to be there's things we disagree on there's things we agree on that's one thing that that's the number one weakness that I wrote down was and I don't even know if it's that big of a weakness but I said by no means a yak monster that's not his game Th- this guy is not you know Lavishka Chenault who we're going to talk about in a minute who creates in the open field creative ways to get him the ball um you know will break tackle that's not Mims's game but Mims is going to win outside the boundaries he's going to beat up corners like you said be a bit of a bully and win on you know routes down the field and you know look look he's a guy who can win over the middle too I mean he's made plenty of contested catches from what I saw on tape over the middle of the field Um, again gonna throw his body around in the run game I think he really looks you know regularly looks looks to pick up defenders in the run game um and again, you know, my final note here in terms of some strengths, uh, we talked about this, I think, a little bit already, though, but he locates the ball really well after it's in the air and along the sidelines. So he's always, he always has a feel of where he's at on the field. That's what I see on tape. And I love guys like that who have really good awareness of where they're mm-hmm. at, where the sideline is, knowing how to work their feet, get those toe taps in. You yeah, know his body I mean? control is ridiculous. Really good. Really, really good. One of the better ones, I think, that we've seen in this class and... Look, this is a guy who, in my opinion, has the upside to be that number three receiver in this class. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. You know, and and one other thing that I've noticed is that something that coaches will really love. He is probably the most willing blocker I've seen out of this class. Hell, he 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 enjoys it. You can kind of tell that he that's what he just wants to go and mess people up, which is kind of his his fits along with his bully mentality as a route runner. Yeah, he's like head on a swivel in the run game. Like he's looking at safeties, corners, linebackers. He's trying to pick somebody up when his offense is running the football to the perimeter. And and uh, you got to love that about a guy. I mean, he's going to carve out a role in an offense. And um, I, yeah, I think he has a really, really good chance to be a big outside receiver who um, you know can run by corners, who teams are going to have to respect his speed because he has plenty of it. And uh, I think he's... You know, I don't know if he's like a DK Metcalf, you know, not quite as much of a freak as that. But I, th- I think there are some things he can do that are kind of DK Metcalf like yeah, yeah. down I've, the field. I honestly, I, I think like DeAndre Hopkins' style is a very good, good comp for him. You know, he's a guy that's he's not he he's athletic. He's got really good body control. He's not gonna he's not gonna like you know amaze you with how like his cutting ability and his, and his ability to you know kind of move in space. But man. He'll he'll push guys around. He's gonna he's gonna 
he's going to get to where he needs he his route is no matter like regardless of if the corner's in his way or not. Yeah, so if you're sitting there right now and you're thinking about your rookie draft and you you have Denzel Mims and you're thinking, "Man, can I take this guy in the first round?" Yes, absolutely. He is a first-round candidate. He is a guy who in a 12-team rookie draft right now could you we could easily see him going in the top 10. Uh, you know, probably more of a back half guy. Um, but overall, yes, a lot of upside for Denzel Mims. Loved what we saw on tape there. Now, the next guy that we're going to talk about out of Colorado, LaVisca Chenault, Pat, 6'1", 227, a big guy. We loved what we saw in terms of what he can do in the open field, and we know that they have a lot of creative ways to get him the football. But there were some things that we wanted, that we expected, I think, to see on tape that we didn't see on tape. No doubt. Like, it, he was one of those guys that like I easily could have fallen in love with him even more than I probably should have just because he's got a sweet name. He's got the dreads. <laughs> yes. He's a he's a monster. Like he gets the ball and he'll run you over. He'll juke you. Like he's in the when he gets the ball in his hands, he is he is a specimen, man. He'll he'll I mean, among the the best, if not the best, yards after the catch, yards after like like guys in in the uh in the draft. I mean he does some he does some stuff that you're not gonna see any really been anybody yeah, else. Yeah, and do. We're, and and I think the point here too is that he's not even your typical yak guy. He's not Debo, he's not DJ Moore even he's DJ Moore's got a little bit of this in his game but but he's almost like a true running back in the open field. no doubt yeah he, he looks like is one. a true running back in the open field I mean he's gonna run through safeties he's gonna drag guys for your extra yards um but again I I think there were some things in terms of 50 50 balls he didn't win many of those tracking the ball down the field yeah it was we didn't sad. See a lot of that it was sad. You know, you, this is exactly what you kind of expect from a guy like him. Like, the ability to go deep and at least catch some of those balls, but he really just struggles winning 50-50 balls. It's more like a 30-70 ball, like, for him, because he just, he's not a, I don't think he has the greatest body control when it comes to trying to jump up and go get it. I don't think he try, He can find the ball very well. There, You'll see a lot of plays where, like, he'll just be looking around for the ball, and the ball will just slam, like, you know, or fall incomplete in front of him, and he'll just, like, look like he never saw it. Yeah, so... Look, this guy can win in a lot of ways, and I think if he goes to a place that can be creative with him, you know, get him down the field, end arounds, wildcat, screen game, he did all of that at Colorado, and I think he has a chance to do some of that at the next level. Um, in fact, I think teams would be wise to to test him out in a variety of ways early on to see if, okay, is he ready to do this at the NFL level? Um, big, strong, physical. Again, he's a load to take down. But, yeah, Pat, I just kind of harping on some of the points that you made there. Um, I don't think he's one of the more, more natural pass catchers that we've seen. Uh, there's a lot of it. It's not super smooth coming into his into his hands. You know, it looks a little bit uneasy at times. Mm-hmm. Um, now, again, I, I do think that and I'm going to harp on this a lot is the, the fit, right? The setting. Where's he go? Can he can they put him into the right situation? Because, again, I do think he can be good. But if you ask me today. Um, well, if, let's put it this way. If you would have asked me even, you know, a couple weeks ago, what do you think the chances of LaVisca Chenault failing at the next level are? When we first went through his tape, um, I just said, I think he's a pretty dang sure thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, mm, I don't know, 50-50, maybe yeah. he could hit or miss for me. And and for me, like like you have said, the landing spot's going to be big. If he goes to somewhere like the Saints – somewhere like the Ravens where they can get him the ball with on on jet screens on bubbles you know uh, on on sweet like those sweeps 
I'm going to be a little more excited about his start, his production right off the bat. But if he goes somewhere like you know, like the Patriots, where the, I, I or or like I don't know the Packers, where they're going to just try to use him as a traditional receiver, he's going to take a while to develop. He like he is very raw when it comes to his receiving skills, his route running, his releases, like you said, his hands. But not to say that he can't develop those things, but I think it's going to take him some time if he if you're going to go and use him just as a traditional receiver to kind of get where you want him to be as a fantasy player. The other thing that we have not really talked about is his injury history. He's been nicked up basically his entire time at Colorado. Um, I know that he just had surgery to fix a hernia or like a sports hernia or no, it was, he had something going on with his, his, his core, muscle, yeah, injury. core muscle injury, something in his, in his groin that he was really, um, yeah, I don't know. It was like a six week thing. Yeah. Six to eight week thing. Well, they were, it was saying it was nagging him before the beforehand. And I was talking combat. to, talking to our buddy who's a, who's a, who's a doctor. And he was saying, it's kind of one of those things you just need to stay off for a while and then it'll, and then it'll kind of get better. But I mean, it doesn't seem like it, it's really improving for him. So he had to have surgery. And this is the worry that you have with him. If he's our, if he's not that polished of a receiver, he comes in this year and gets injured right off the bat. He's going to lose. I mean, that, that's not like, that's going to really hinder his development. Yeah, 30 fewer catches in 2019 compared to 2018 for LaVisca. 86 and 18, just 56 catches in 19. So we saw he played in 11 games. I don't know. I We didn't go into it deep enough to see if he was how much he was on and off the field, if there were some injuries in games where he might not have finished the games. But, yeah, a lot, lot less product, production than what we saw even a year ago for him. Um, not a guy that found the end zone a ton either. You know, 12 touchdowns in the last two years combined. You'd expect them to be way not higher big, with his, not, not with his abilities. Numbers. Now, Colorado's not a good football program by any means right now. But, uh, yeah, again, I think there were some more negatives that we saw on tape that we didn't really expect to see going in when we watched him. So, right now, for me, arrow trending down for Chenault and arrow trending up for Denzel Mims. All right, now, number three. Talk about a green arrow training up, too, at least for me. I don't know how you feel. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, but the first pass that we took on T. Higgins, we weren't that excited. No, we were like, well, this guy's – I was dropping him down my board already, you know, just because I was like, wow. Well, I don't know what people are seeing besides some, uh, like – Being some, a big guy. Being a big guy, being, yeah. 6'4", 215 pounds. But, yeah. yeah, no, he – when we watched him again, I, I think we saw more of a complete package out of T. Higgins. Um, so running through some of the combine results, nine and eight eighth inch hands, excuse me, thirty four and an eighth inch uh, arms. That forty time at four five four. That's a good time for a big guy like that. Uh, not super explosive on the vert, just thirty one inches, which is not good. But the broad ten three and shuttle four five three. So yeah, so some of the strengths. I think there were some similarities here between him and Mims. Um, you know, very good at working through contact and tight coverage to make difficult catches. Um, this is just some of the, the strengths that I had written down. You know, more wiggle in his game than I think that we re- originally thought for a six four receiver. Yeah, no doubt. So you know, I think he actually turned into more of a playmaker after the catch, you know, pretty quickly, which, again, I, that was something that I didn't think was going to show up quite as much as, um, as, I, as we took, you know, our first pass. I didn't think that was part of his game. But, yeah, don't underestimate T. Higgins as a playmaker with the football in his hands after the catch. Um you know, again, this is a great Clemson offense, so things open up more. But yeah, he's got he's got plenty of ability to do things after the catch. So that is part of his arsenal. Um, you know, long frame really helps him on the sideline. And we talked about Chenault 
not having the advantage on 50-50 balls, I think that T. Higgins turns 50-50 balls into like 70-30 balls. Yeah, T. Higgins is my, I mean, he might be the best 50-50 ball guy in the class that I've seen at least so far. You know, I mean, he he's, that's what he, he does that. I mean, he does that just pretty much on a daily basis. And you're, you're right about his yards after the catchability. He is by far much better than Mims in terms of that, in terms of that for kind of similar guys. Um, I do think he has some issues with concentration drops. I've seen him make a couple plays where I'm just like, yeah, well, you know, that's an easy catch. Like you're coming across the, the middle and there's nobody in front of you. Just catch the ball, man. Just catch the ball. But then he comes back and makes a ridiculous, you know, sideline catch or, or jumps over two guys with a hand in his face and he makes the catch. And you're like, okay, you know, <laughs> you sometimes you live with the concentration draws. So that's somewhere I could see him ho- hopefully making strides as he goes along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's do a little comparison talk right now with T Higgins. So just in terms of where he might fall. Now, a lot of this depends on what your, what your team looks like. Um, of course. So let's just kind of throw that out the window and let's just talk in, um, you know, kind of a bubble, right? T Higgins, how does he stack up for you amongst those top say, let, Let's say JK Dobbins, you know, Cam Akers, um, Jonathan Taylor, those those top running backs. You see yourself, would you take him over any of those guys? No, I wouldn't take him over any of those guys. Even okay. if I needed a wide receiver, those guys are, to me, far and above better. Like they're in another tier. They're in that kind of elite tier for me, that number one, whereas he's in the, kind of my second second tier. Um, I think he's very good. I still see some flaws in his game. And, I, and for a receiver, I'm just not going to take him quite as high in a fantasy league, even though I think he's going to be good. Yeah, and uh... – you know, going back to his situation at Clemson, I don't think it can be understated just how good Trevor Lawrence is oh, and the throws that he makes. He's ridiculous. Um, take that into account. So we we are we are high on T. Higgins again. This arrow is trending up. If he is something, somebody like Denzel Mims, I think that you need to take a close look at both of them and say, okay, which one do you like better? Because I think that they stack up fairly similarly. Yeah. Um. So do your homework on those two guys. I think that would be our advice here, and. Look, last year, 19.8 yards per catch and 13 touchdowns. So here's another guy in Higgins who had some, uh, you know, a good amount of production um, in his final season at Clemson. So, yeah, I mean, both of these guys, I think, offer a lot. Uh, Mims and Higgins. Chenault, look, I'm not I'm not writing him off either. I still think that, that this could be a guy who you could get some real good value at, you know, in the second late second round. Um, I still think he can be, a, a, you know, have his role at the next level. There's no question about that. Um, but yeah, I, I go ahead. I mean, if, if Chanel went to the Ravens, so let's just be hypothetical and say, well, Chanel went to the Ravens, Mims went to Miami and, uh, Higgins went to the Dolphins and, or they both went to the Dolphins. Yep. Back to back picks. The Dolphins used to, um, the Jets. And T. Higgins went to the Jets. I, I might, I think I'd be most excited about Lavishka in, in that situation. So I could easily, you know, that's how much the 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 draft capital and yep. the draft can change up all this stuff. Absolutely. We're gonna have our guys that we love. I loved. Um, I always forget his name out of uh, out of NC State last year. Oh, Kevin Harmon. Kevin, Kevin Harmon. Harmon. I loved Kelvin Harmon last year. He was my he was my number one guy and my number two guy actually. But. Um, he, you know, it's he's not he, a great he, fit right no, now. He's not a great fit, and he, he went really late. So you got to take all that stuff into 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 consideration. Draft capital, as we found, as we know, is is uh, is very important because it it might not dictate how good the player actually is, 
but it's going to dictate how many chances they get and where they're going to start the year out in the pecking order. And they might not even get a chance to really prove themselves if they are a sixth, seventh round pick. So you got to think about those kind of things. Yeah, absolutely. Those are all good points. And, and we're not going to know a lot until after we know where these players are going to be playing in the NFL. And, and that's a good point, too, is where they get drafted. Are they going later? Are they a fifth round pick? You know, there's not as much invested in them going into their career. So all of those things really matter. But uh, this was a good session. I, I am really excited about T. Higgins. I'm really excited about Denzel Mims. I think you should be too. And um, again, Chenault, I think, has a chance to to carve out a, a pretty significant role as well. So that'll do it for this one. We have three more, at least three more wide receivers on deck for the next podcast uh recording this one on sunday march 29th so you'll probably hear this monday march 30th and um, i think that just about does it for us here at Pad the stats so we'll talk to you next time bye-bye